It's enough to have homeowners waking in the night in a cold sweat. You're in negative equity and it's as scary as the term sounds. Is it the end of your home ownership dream? Will you have to sell up? And if you do that, how much money will you lose? Whatever happened to as safe as houses? Kia ora koutou, I'm Jess McCarthy and welcome to Stuff Explained. Here in Aotearoa, our home is our castle, our biggest investment. You've scrimped and saved, struggled to get a mortgage and bought when the market was hot. So what do you do now? Well, to help us understand where we are and what we can do is Bruce Patton, advisor with Loan Market. Kia ora, Bruce. My first question for you is the big one. What is negative equity? In really simple terms, how I would describe it is that somebody purchased a property, say, for a million dollars and they borrowed $900,000, they would have equity of 10%. If the market dropped by, say, 20%, as some commentators are saying it might, and that house was now only worth 800000 they would have negative equity of $100,000, basically. And what we keep hearing is just how bad house prices are getting at the moment, and we know that the official cash rate is kind of higher than it's been in a couple of years, and this, this term, the perfect storm, is what keeps to be coming up back and back and again. Tell me about that perfect storm and how it's come to be. It's basically been driven out of the fact that we brought rates far too low, so house prices went far too high, and we're really just settling over the next probably two years as life readjusts and there'll be a a drop in house prices. We don't know how much there'll be. Some people say 15, some people say 30. We've got inflation mixed into this whole piece as well. So inflation adjusted price drops, um, which is really hard to get your head around. So it's, it's really just a revisiting of, you know, if you can call them cycles. We had it during the global financial crisis, 2009, uh, where we lost, you know, property values in the teens. Um, so it's really just a, a, a readjustment, a realignment, if you like, and time will take care of everything. The most important thing for people to remember is that it will improve. What goes up must come down. So that's interest rates. And in, in, in cases of the um, house prices coming down, they will go up again once everything gets rebalanced and wages get normalised and we get increases. We're seeing that now with wage prices starting to go up as well. If I continue with the storm analogy for a bit, do you think it's going to be kind of a, a mild sun shower or are we looking at a GFC-sized monsoon in terms of how long this might last? Well, interestingly... Um, The GFC was very much focused around credit and the availability of it. We don't have a problem with getting credit now. The Reserve Banks place some restrictions on the banks in terms of how much they can lend, especially in the low deposit market. So I don't see it being a a long drawn out process. I think next year is going to be our really tough year. I think we will go into recession um, and really it's about the Reserve Bank has moved quite quickly. They're, They're really pushing these rates very quickly to try and slow the economy and try and bring the inflation rates down. The sooner that becomes normalised, the sooner we'll start to see people having more confidence and going back into doing things again, which probably won't be until at least you know 2024, the latter part of potentially. In terms of the people that are at risk of this negative equity that we're talking about today, it's not all homeowners, is it? at the moment at least. It's the ones that have bought kind of, what, pandemic times the last year or so? Yeah, very much. Um, probably the last 18 months. If you bought two years ago, you might even just end up with a situation where you've had a huge increase. You paid 1.1, it's gone to 1.5, it might come back to 1.2 and you'll still be in a positive position. 
it's going to be regionally based as well, so it'll depend where you're living as to how much it's dropped by. Um, there's a whole series of figures that revolve around um, ha- how that negative equity will look, but it'll only be people in the last 12 to 24 months that will be impacted. Will you know if it's happened to you? Depends whether you look at the paper <laughs> um, or, the, or, or listen to media. Um, a lot of people won't because a lot of people just get on with life, right? So they just go, this is my mortgage, this is what I'm paying, I've still got a job. So one of the things that we haven't seen yet and hopefully won't see too much of is during the GFC, lots of people made redundant. So lots of issues around employment and ability. As long as you can continue to pay your mortgage, as I said, time will take care of itself. So most people won't even notice you know, they'll only notice in two, three, five, ten years when they come to sell their house what it's worth then. Um, and that's the best way to approach it. If there's no problem with affordability, you have to ride it out. Um, if you if you sell up now, you're actually crystallising that loss. So it's really important. A very quick example, GFC, two identical clients, both had 100% lending because back then you could borrow 100%. So the prices went down. Both were made redundant. Both were in in manufacturing-type roles. One sold up and lost money and owed the bank $70,000, and it's probably still paying that back now. One broker's loan, capitalised the break fee, borrowed an extra thirty grand to to put on top of that to make it even more, um, did what he had to. He ended up working in other parts of the country just so he could pay his mortgage, and he kept the property, and that property has obviously doubled in value in that twelve years. So he's got a house and made it, made it, you know, made it through, and the other one didn't. Um, so if you can't make it through, you don't have a choice. But if you've got an income and you can afford to keep it, don't just panic and and sell up. Just ride it out because it will come right. Understood. So yeah, like you just said, then if you've got an inkling that this property that you've bought in the last 18 months, it may not be worth what you paid for it. The debt might be starting to creep up in you, especially when you look at the rising interest rates. So long as you, there's a way to service that debt, keep your head down and pretend it's not happening. Absolutely. Yep. What if the worst happens and there is a reason you need to sell? You need to move across the country for work. You need to move to be closer with family. What actually happens if you end up with more debt than you started with? So it's really important that you communicate with the bank because they'll they're going to be the one to make the decision with you as to whether you can sell. So when it comes time, and say you borrowed nine hundred and you're only going to get eight hundred and fifty, so there's going to be a residual debt left over. The bank will need to give permission for that debt to go somewhere, more than likely onto a personal loan that will be repaid. Otherwise, it becomes a debt collection, and then you run the risk of. You could be bankrupted. There's all number of things. So communication is absolutely key in those situations. Really important that um, you talk to your lender first, either through your mortgage advisor or directly with the bank, to say what is happening and the reasons you're selling and the fact that you may have a, a deficit. And and there'll be all sorts of reasons. You know, marriage splits because of COVID are a big thing. So there may be negative equity with a partnership splitting up and not having the choice of being able to keep the property. Because the tough thing about personal loans is they're not going to be on the kind of low interest rates that we see with mortgages, are they? No, no. And that's where it might end up getting to a situation where the bank does write the debt off um, and you give them to a repayment arrangement with the bank, which might be at a much lesser rate where once it's written off, there may not be as much interest, but you will incur fees that will all be added on and it'll all be worked out. 
Can you give me a quick history lesson in regards to the GFC? Because that's when we heard all this thing about the banks being unstable because people were just walking away from their mortgages. Has everyone learnt the lessons that need to be learnt from that event and it won't happen again this time? Yeah, in in basic terms they have. So there's been lots of legislation put in place, Responsible Lending Act. You'll have all heard about the triple CFA that came in December last year, all about not over lending to people. Yeah, we're not in a position where we're going to have banks falling over. We haven't had a bank fall over in, ever in New Zealand, well, certainly in the last 30 years. When one did nearly fall over, the government bailed them out, so it will be the same. The banks, as you can see, have been making very large profits, so they're in a very good position, and they will work with their clients. When it comes time to refix your mortgage rate, is there any negotiation that is possible when that time happens? Yeah, so there's lots of things you can do. So you could switch the loan to interest only to give yourself a bit of breathing space. If you've had a situation where, say, the business has struggled during COVID because of four months worth of lockdown last year, and but it is improving and you can show them that it's improving, you might say, look, I just need 12 or 24 months interest only, so I've got more cash flow to build the business. Um, so there's, there's definitely things you can do. Um, in terms of negotiating with the banks, that's what we do. We negotiate on the rates. What you've got to remember is depending on where in the cycle of the official cash rate announcement we are, will determine whether there's any discounts available. But you always ask the question. Yeah, that's great advice. And what, what are people saying to you, your customers? Are you getting any concerns about this yet? It's relatively low at this stage. We've still got 50% of people that have got a, a rate in the twos or threes um, until next year, between beginning and the end of next year. So there's still a lot of people that aren't affected. Interestingly, most of our existing long-term clients have seen rates in the 8s and 9s, right, prior to the GFC. So they're used to those rates and they've enjoyed the much lower rates. And if they've kept their payments at the same level, so 40% of people have kept their payments at rates equivalent to 7.5%, it's not going to affect them because they will just simply say, I want to leave my payments the same and the term will just change back to 23 years instead of the 14 years that it had come down to. Again, it's about writing those this period out until we see some reduction in the rates again once they get that inflation under control. That's it for this episode of Stuff Explained. I'm Jess McCarthy and on behalf of our producers Philippa Tolley and Jono Williams, thank you for listening. You can find more Stuff Explained online at stuff.co.nz and make sure you like and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Prepare for an unfiltered journey through the harsh realities of infertility. My name's Nadine Higgins. I'm a broadcaster, a journalist, and I've been trying to make a baby with my husband. That's me. I'm Dan. And we reckon infertility is lonely enough without making it a dirty little secret. In The Human Race with Dan and Nadine Higgins, we share raw and unvarnished stories of couples who have faced the brutal truth of infertility. At least you've been in it. It's, it's really tough and really lonely. Yeah, and also, this is really weird, but baby showers, you don't need to open the presents in front of everyone. Confronting the harsh reality that not every story has a happy ending. This very blunt, abrasive doctor who I had, you know, had not seen before, who delivered the news, just like, you'll probably never have a natural period again and you'll probably never have a baby. The Human Race, where we share the untold stories of couples in the race of their lives to create a life. I feel like I nearly missed out and I got to do it. And so I feel really lucky. So it's been incredibly positive. Listen today at stuff.co.nz slash the human race or wherever you get your podcasts. The Human Race is proudly brought to you by Elevate.